This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cratellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. I don't think you're ready for this challenge. Does it? Yeah. That's all we get? Yeah. Because <laughs> our podcast is too castalicious oh, for you. Oh, my Lord. I don't know. I said yes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Wednesday. I didn't quite say yes so much as I was forced to. Oh, please. Under duress. Oh, please. <laughs> we can void this contract if you want. You just give me the papers. <laughs> I'll go online right Show now. Show me the dotted line. <laughs> How are you? Better now that I'm a single man. <laughs> right? <laughs> a whole ass elephant just got lifted <laughs> off my shoulders. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm good. These How are, are you? These are just jokes, guys. This is the way that we show each other that we love each other by threatening to leave each other. <laughs> That's what you can do when you've been together. For a really long time. Mm-hmm. Nearly a decade. Yes. Your crazy ass. <laughs> Mine. Yeah, um, yours. <laughs> well, we won't get into yours because the podcast is only an hour and a half long. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm tired. I'm so good. I've been so busy because um, here in New York, Hudson Yards just opened up. And uh, my work has led me to being a part of all of the festivities at Hudson Yards lately. So um, I've had to be there a lot and been working a lot and on my feet a lot. <laughs> and so and not I, taking a break and, and not taking breaks. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just been a lot. But during all that time period, I've got to like meet and see all kinds of really cool, famous people. And I've been able to play video games. <laughs> That's like a typical week for you. We're both very where happy. you do nothing but play video games. That's not true. It's entirely true. It's not true. Um, so yeah, I got to meet, I was super excited. I got to meet Drew Elliott, who is like the creative director for Paper Magazine. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. I got to meet Brute Pask, but I've like met him before. I actually have, I work with him in a, in a small capacity, but I got to like touch base with him. He's like the men's creative director for Bergdorf Goodman. So anything that's in that shop, he's kind of had his hands on, which is fantastic. And then I've also, I also got to, um, I, I just, I saw Carly Kloss, which was super exciting. She's like a model, modely model. I'm sorry. The only one worth mentioning is Whoopi Goldberg. I didn't meet her, <laughs> but I just saw her. I did see her. So that was kind of fun. She's boss. Um, That was a, a lot of fun. Yeah. So I got to meet a lot of cool people. I met an influencer, Joey Zazik. I stalk him on Instagram and I got to like see him and meet him in person and he could not be nicer. Hmm. He was cool. So it was fun. What about you? Anything exciting? No, you know me. I'm boring. Yeah. I love as much as I love my life. I love my job. I like taking the dog for a walk and petting the cat and going to the gym and playing games and watching movies. Loving my husband. That's all I do. Snorefest 2019. Mm, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fun. Well, yeah, that's. That's all that's been going on. Like I said, we've just been busy counting down the days until the end of this year. Because <laughs> it seems like it's coming really fast. Yeah, I don't want to count down the days. I want to go on all these fun trips that we got planned. I'm really excited about the warm weather that we're getting ready to be a part of. Yeah, it's, it'll be nice to see Florida again. It'll be nice to see Florida, but it's even nicer that like New York is starting to warm up. 
So that's been kind of fun, too. It does have its cold days. This weather is a little bipolar. It's still fluctuating. It ain't time yet. Yeah, but we were, like, up in the 60s last week. Well, or the week before that. We'll get to start going to the park again soon. Yeah, I'm just excited about the idea of being outside more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's going to be fun. Um, So, I don't know. If you're done, then maybe we can uh, hop on and uh, check out our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. Hop away. Awesome. As a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod relationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. So this week, I'm super excited because um, I love me a ginge. Yes, you do. I do. I love a good ginge. Um, And this couple is just such a super adorable couple and consists of one ginge. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not being offensive. I say it with love. I mean it. And of course, I am talking about none other than the adorable couple, Mike Del Moro and his adorable boyfriend, Alec Vlahos, which I'm pretty sure I I mispronounced. So please forgive me, Alec, but um, I'm I'm a huge fan of you guys either way it goes. Um, Mike Del Moro is a journalist, and I'm guessing he's a contributor on uh, MSNBC's Morning Joe. Um, it's great. He's, of course, the ginger in the relationship. He's, again, adorable. He's got a fantastic, warm all-encompassing smile that I'm just such a fan of and that's one of the things that like drew me to their uh posts Mm -hmm. is because Mike's I I don't know his smile is just so infectious like it's just it's beautiful it's just he literally smile I love people who smile with their whole face and you could just see how warm and amazing he is when he smiles it's yeah. just so exciting to me. Yeah, he's a good one. I like him. I think he's, I think it's the, it's like you said, it's very inviting. He's just, there's this warmth to him. He is a um, a fitness model. Um, and so, you know, if you want to go see him shirtless and cut, you can do that. But what I like is the two of them, like, they're clearly just being adorable together. And dare I say it, adorkable. So you know how much I love Halloween. And let's see, for Halloween one year, they were Peter Pan and Rufio which was super cute. Um, they were sailors. I don't know if that was for Halloween or if that was for Pride, but it was it was super cute, and they did a fun little kiss. Um, and then my favorite was the Harry Potter, but it was like very sexualized Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. And the quote says, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. Loved it. There was yeah. another one where they talked about they're sitting at home watching Star Wars. So I'm kind of a fan because they're geeks. Yeah, they're adorable. And, of course, we're talking about uh, Mike and then his boyfriend, Alec, who is uh, he is in medical school at the moment. He's going to become a future OBGYN, mm-hmm. which I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have to interact with lady bits, but um, I hear it's fun. Um, <laughs> so it's like super exciting. Um, but no, I love them together. I think that they're absolutely adorable. Um, and following them, you can follow Alec. He is at Alec, A-L-E-C underscore V as in Victor, L-A-H-O-S. And then Mike is at Mike 
D-E-L-M-O-R-O on Instagram. And again, they just kind of stopped me dead in their tracks because the love that they kind of have for one another is just so, it's just amazing. And Alec has just so many cute couples pictures of them. Um, There was just one really, really cute post that he had um, made where he essentially said, happy years, Michael, uh, five years, Michael, because they've been together for five years, which is great. He said, can't believe the first boy I kissed in public is the same boy I'm kissing goodnight every night. Love you. And I just thought that that was like super sweet. There's just so much like amazing cuteness that is happening from them that um, is so nauseating, but so adorable (laughs) at the same time. And I love it. They are definitely that cute couple. Yeah, it's super cute. Um, (laughs) They and I love the I love the puppy. And can we talk about how two fit men have a really fat cat? (laughs) (laughs) How'd that cat get that big? I mean, (laughs) as one fat cat, as one really large cat. Um, So it's adorable, and I just love the fact that Mike wears crop tops. Like, hello, that is so funny. My life, it's so Um, funny. And they're just our neighbors across the water. They live in Jersey City, Mm -hmm. so maybe we'll have to try to see if we can get them to be a part of the podcast at some point in time because they would just be so much fun to have i think that them. would be great yeah i love it so you guys definitely should follow them and fall in love with them the way that we did again on instagram they are at alec a-l-e-c v i'm sorry underscore v as in victor l-a-h-o-s that's alec underscore vlahos I think I pronounced that right. I'm pretty sure I didn't. And then his boyfriend is Mike Del Moro, which is uh, Mike D. I'm sorry, at Mike D-E-L-M-O-R-O. That's at Mike Del Moro on Instagram as well. Follow them. Fall in love with them. Tell them the Cortelli sent you and uh, let us know what you guys think about the guys. They're amazing. They are great. We're going to take a short break, you guys, and when we come back, we are going to try to solve the world's problems, Cretelli style. Booyah! So I'm probably the last person to talk to you about social media. I don't Snapbook. Uh, that's Facebook and Snapchat. I'm not on the Twitter. It's, it's just Twitter. There's no the in front of it. And I barely understand what IG means. Wait, you you don't know that IG means Instagram? No. But I do know one thing. There's a bunch of relationship content on all the social media apps. Uh, Yeah, that's right. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we are at Pod Relationship. Yep. Just look for us and follow, retweet, or whatever it is you do to pay attention to us. (laughs) Oh my goodness. My husband puts up great content related to the podcast. I sure do. You can help us answer listener situation questions. You can check out past and present hashtag gay relationship goals. And you can get updates on relationship related events and activities. So grab your phone. Open up Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Go to the search bar and type in pod relationship and join in on the discussion. We look forward to interacting with each and every one of you via social media. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. So, a serious question, comment, thought. All rolled into one? Sure. To baby or not to baby? (laughs) That is the question. That is totally the question. (laughs) No, it's a serious um, conversation that, you know, as gay men uh, in a married 
relationship, uh, committed monogamous relationship, uh, it's something that we have to consistently uh, go back and forth about, right? Because unlike you heteros out there, no baby will accidentally happen at some point in time with us. (laughs) So one of the benefits that we have is that we get to plan the hell out of it. Um, which I think is both a blessing and a curse because I think, you know, with uh, especially, you know, with you being you and then with some, you know, gay relationships, uh, sometimes you can over plan so much so to the point where it, you don't end up making it happen. Right. Um, and then, you know, which could be a little bit of a problem. But of course, the planning aspect is is very helpful because you should go into it in a, in a very methodical way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. You know, it, it's it's a large conversation, and it's definitely a, a, an even larger undertaking, right? Because that's eighteen years, eighteen well, years, at least eighteen years, and sometimes tw- up to twenty six years on your insurance. <laughs> well, I would say it's a lifetime commitment for sure, for sure. So, where where are you at? What are your thoughts these days regarding the cheering? Oh, I told you. I mean, we we have gone back and forth, but I think you and I are on a clear trajectory. We are going to. Uh, have our last little fun hurrah in October and uh, go to Punta Cana with our friends. We're going to sign our lease for one more year. And then the next step will be moving into a place that will support us having kids. Yeah, I think it's it's a very exciting way to I, I, I don't know. It's an exciting future. Like it's an exciting way to like move forward and and think about what we're going to do as far as like our little family. Mm hmm. Which is going to be great. I'm excited. I look forward to it. Uh, I'm definitely on that path. I told you there's a teeny bit of apprehension that I have just by way of like um, emotional security that I need. I feel like I need to Mm. be able to like make that happen. I've always thought that you would be a really good father. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that we would be a really good uh, team. Like as far as that goes, Um, there are there are there are some. Tonyisms that frighten me a little bit just by way of like, oh my gosh, am I going to be the only person that's walking around here cleaning? Are you going to be just playing video games and hanging out with the kids the whole time, like and doing those things? Um, and then on the other hand, I know that you'll be like the strict person that will make sure that homework is done and, and taking care of the right way and that the food is healthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those things will definitely be happening. I know that I will probably be a pain in your butt because I will be like. Oh no, you don't have to wear those clothes around your father, but we'll, no, we'll, I'll probably be, that's not true because I'm, I'm not like that, but I will probably be the parent that's like, oh yeah, she totally has to go get her nails done at a very young age. Like, Jesus. <laughs> we have to go take her to go get her nails done. Like, it's cute, it's fun, it's what she wants to do. Like, let's let it happen. Mm, it's what she wants to do because we've programmed her to do it that way. No, if that's what she wants to do, if that's what she sees and she enjoys it and she likes it, then who am I to stop her? Mm-hmm. As long as she knows her value and her self-worth and in all of it, then we'll be fine. And I don't think that you and I as parents will ever have a problem instilling self-worth self-confidence liking oneself yeah as long as there's a folk more of a focus for girls and young women than just being pretty then i'm okay with it talking about it with boys too because boys literally walk around life knowing that they're hot shit too and (laughs) and that they can get any and everything from any and everyone and they feel and believe that as well so it has i mean it's not gender specific because guys go through it too they think that their penis is supposed to you know be able to gain entry into anything (laughs) 
Um, and it's not okay. Guys go through the exact same thing. I don't think it's specific to, to girls. I, I think it's specific to children in general. Like you just have to instill self-worth that's outside of the physical in mm-hmm. general. Yes, you do. Um, and I think that that's important. But so we've talked about having children in many different kind of ways. One of the first conversations that we had was regarding potential surrogacy. Yeah, we've had some people offer. I'm not super into that. I'm not not into it. I mean, I I like your concept of being able to look in the child's face and see me. Or for me to have that experience. Or for you to have that experience. Like, I, I like that. I do. But as a person who's worked in social services his whole life, like, no, there's way too many kids who need to be fostered and adopted. I've And I've never been against adoption or fostering or any of that thing. I just always wanted the concept of surrogacy to happen. Like, I want us to be able to have our children, like our genes, our seed, if you will, to be a, a, as part of the the family. Um, and then I always said, like, after that, we can adopt an entire football team if you want to. <laughs> and I do. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Um, but I just wanted to be able to do that. But as time has progressed and as we've looked more into it, surrogacy is fucking expensive. It's ridiculous. And you have no rights. There's three states where you're protected and this is not one of them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's really, really ridiculous and overly complicated. And I just never really wanted to do that. Yeah, It's expensive. And then adoption by way of going through an adoption agency is a whole, it's a shit show within itself and super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are things that you can do though to um, alleviate that. Right. And it, and it does depend on your state, but actually the foster the foster route is a good one. So that's the route that we decided on. I was talking about adoption by way of like an adoption agency, but going through fostering, like by fostering children and then foster to adopt later is, is, much better mm-hmm. it's it is. much better it's a much easier route um and you're doing actual good work not because i'm looking to get like the badge of good person by way of doing this but there is more to do then here's where the problem comes in though because statistically parents who try to foster all too often want to foster babies right like that's like the number one hot commodity right <laughs> within the within the system um so parents end up you know so there's so many older children that just never really get the opportunity to have good families because they've aged out of the golden right you know age right. group not that, as desirable yeah and it's 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 infuriating but there are so many good kids out there i I think we've talked and I think ideally I would like to uh, foster anywhere between the age range of like four and seven. Like that's where I would like to say I don't need a baby, um, but I would like anywhere between four and seven. That way they're still kind of aware and you and you know their personalities, but you still have a way to make an impact on who they are hmm. as a person. Um, and, and that's really good. And I'm not opposed to a teenager at a later time, but I don't necessarily want to start with one. Hmm. That's me personally. I'm not, I'm not opposed to a teenager, but I, I definitely would like to like start with someone younger and like get our feet wet with that first. And then, you know, be able to do that because teenagers come with a whole other slew of, of, uh, skills that you as parents need to that's true. Need to have. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we're prepared for that and not just thrown into it personally. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's all about like 
is trial by fire. And it really, what matters to me is the kid. Like, yeah. it's going to be the right kid. Like, that's just, and it's what's going to happen. And that could be a boy, a girl, it could be siblings. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like. But I know that it will be perfect when it happens. I know sure. it'll be exactly what we want and are ready for because it wouldn't have come across our path if that wasn't the case for sure we'll know yeah i um watched a beautiful movie when i was flying back from la or i think i was flying to la um but it was called blended family i don't i oh god now i can't even think of what the title is but it's the one with mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. um and he and his wife end up deciding that they are going to foster um uh, children and they end up fostering an entire family so it's like a teenager like a boy that's like 10 and then like a little girl who's like six mm -hmm. and that would be like the most perfect of all scenarios for us is like having multiple kids because then we would be able to get everything all at once um but they like literally go through all like it goes through all of the struggles from beginning to end about like what is going on with them what these children are like what their personalities are like and how they have to go about doing it and, and i just love it it was just such a great movie it was funny it was um entertaining like it was emotional at a certain point i found myself like crying on an airplane like a nut job because and yeah it, and it wasn't and it wasn't even like the tender part that you think it's a tender part like that i should have been crying at there's a i mean i'm gonna like spoiler alert but there's a scene in the movie where um the little boy accidentally gets a nail gun shot through his foot and the rushing of him to the hospital and Mark Wahlberg's character is like carrying him and holding him in his car and like talking to him and like trying to like make him feel better and all this other stuff like that. And that's the part that I ended up crying mm -hmm. on because I was like, oh, my God, he loves this little boy so much. And he's like literally like being like his father instinct like literally kicked in right then and there mm -hmm. and it was just beautiful to me and i just loved it so that for me was the part that I go, not the part where they adopt and you know do all that other stuff like that like that was beautiful it was great but that's not the part that like made me emotional mm. it was it was like the the real part like ooh, here's this shitty situation that i have to like be this person for him for and i just thought that that was fantastic hmm reminds me of um our little friend who was being fostered and we were playing in the pool and he got smacked in the face and he got that cut on his lip mm. and uh, and i remember like just carrying him and talking to him and um that was a that was a very special moment for me just to be able to like have him be in so much distress and to alleviate some of that suffering and to turn this experience into one that he grew stronger from yeah um that was very meaningful for me yeah i don't know like i said the whole experience within itself is just so beautiful and we love it i mean we've always wanted to be parents and i think that we would be really good i love when we get to like interact with our niece and and see her and laugh with her and be a part of her and it's just so much fun now to have all that doesn't hurt that she's super cute i mean she's the most adorable <laughs> so we did read a couple of articles there's this website called gazewithkids.com um i know how like on the nose right yeah um but it was really neat and i mean look i'll be completely honest with you all there's not like a ton that goes on in here there's not like a, a ton of information it's not like from you know this amazing writer or psychologist or therapist or anything that like wrote something profound or substantial that like makes you think or or question or challenge or anything like that but it's all of these beautiful stories of these beautiful people who 
create who create lives for these beautiful kids and the struggles that they get to go through um and then all of the the ways that they like manage to you know uh, make something magical happen out of these situations so um one yeah, of, it's good real life story stuff yeah and it's amazing so um there's this amazing story about these uh this gay this these gay husbands Robbie and David um and about how they began fostering these adorable twins uh, twins mm-hmm. a boy and a girl yep. And, um, like just all of the the story about how they had to do that, about how they fostered and then they were getting ready to try to adopt the the boy and the girl. And then all of a sudden, because the mother gave away all parental rights. And then when they were going through that, the father all of a sudden decided that he wanted to try to be a part of the kid's life out of nowhere. And he had never been in the picture. And that's the hard part of the fostering system is, is, and they talk about this is reunification is always the first goal. That is always the goal. So the termination of parental rights is like the last resort and the systems and the courts will do everything they can to stop it. And you have to understand that about the system you are fighting. If your intent is to do more than just foster, if it is to adopt, then you are fighting an uphill battle if your intent is just to foster i guarantee you you will never be out of placements um because there's tons of kids who need help but yeah in this case they were three months old the twins when they got them and then it was you know years of going back and forth with the courts and then when did they adopt two or three years old right before they were three yeah Yeah, right before they were three but like you said like uh, like they said the the biological father literally until that moment was not in the picture and not a consideration yeah um and the courts ultimately decided that it would not be um, in the best interest for the children, which can happen, right? So if these kids are bonded to you for the last year and a half, the fact that the person is biological doesn't necessarily immediately get them more than just an opportunity to be considered, right? So if you've never been in their life, you don't have a steady job, you, don't, you know, there's drugs or whatever, or the home study is an issue and there's no plan, then the court is going to rule in favor of you because you are permanent, stable, etc. Um, but again, just it's something to know about that, that it is an uphill battle. The good news is that you can set parameters for your placement. Um, and so you can make decisions like, you know, this age or even this stage in the process. Um, you know, no one can guarantee you what the outcome will be, but you can talk about certain likely outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. So so I want a family with this sort of criteria where it's, even though reunification is the goal, it's very likely that that won't be what's happening. Um, again, they can't guarantee you anything. But if the mother right from the beginning is saying, you know, I want to terminate my rights, I want to give the baby up for adoption, like you can say those are the kind of kids you want to foster. Or if you you just want to foster and just you know be a bit of light in these kids lives for however brief a period of time you can do that and just set limits like the ages or no limits or whatever yeah for sure um and i love this article too i mean at the end of the day they ended up being able to adopt the kids and, and both of and them yeah. both of them and they have them and everything is great and even at the end of the article they acknowledge the fact that they are these two white men that are parents to two african-american black children which mm-hmm. is great and they know that and they know that there's a lot of struggles but they are open to the idea of learning and feeling and being a little bit more educated behind it they talk about the struggles that they have in their suburban town they're trying small to be their suburban small town. suburban town like having to be able to like find other gays within themselves but then other gays with children and how challenging that within itself uh, uh is and then how they um you know connect with the people that were in their support group and then they try to like vacation with them and things like that so that it's it's, it's it is essentially all of the adopt adoptive adopted kids 
um, connecting with one another and, and everything. So, you know, they're like literally finding ways to like create the community that they that they feel like they need, which is great. Yeah. And they went on vacation and all the kids got to play together. Yeah. I mean, and that's and again, that's like you were saying in the beginning. That's what I like about this uh, this group, this website in particular um, is it's like real and practical. Um, and I just think that's great. Yeah. And like I said, I enjoyed it because it's I liked the story a lot because it gave us the opportunity to see a, a little bit, you know, again, the story was beautiful and wonderful and inspiring at the end, but it gave us an opportunity to just look into uh, a scenario that included uh, a, a little bit of challenges, a little bit of waiting, a, a beautiful story at the very end of it, but it was very real. Um, and I and I really enjoyed that about it. And, and I, I'm very, very thankful for people like Rob and Robbie and David that uh, took the time to know and understand that there are so many kids in our very own backyard that need the love and support. And, you know, not, there's nothing better than a, a family, two guys. It, it just so happens it's two, it's two guys, but a family who decided that they wanted to um, change the lives of two kids. And I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, then there was this other article that we read. So, uh, and I picked this article only because it was kind of whimsical and a little bit fun. Um, but I picked this article because what typically happens within the gay community within itself is because having children is kind of not really something that we ever consider uh, possible. Mm. Um, we end up filling our child box with animals mm-hmm. yeah we end up becoming doggy dads right um which is always really great and um i uh i mean we've done it ourselves we have uh you know our baby boy halo who is our eight-year-old dog and then we have and he has his own instagram and he has his own instagram um that's at halo the doodle um and then we have diesel who is our cat who is 12 years old who diesel started out as my cat um, but he quickly became Tony's cat, like immediately after we met one another. Yeah, that's my boy. Which is really, really <laughs> great. Um, but there was this really amazing article that was written written about um, this amazing children's book that's written called Pickles and Ocho. Um, and it is a real life story about two French bulldogs in a family with their two gay dads. Um, and it's great because if I remember correctly, Pickles was living the life and having a great time with his two dads. And the next thing you know, he got a new baby brother named Ocho, <laughs> which is another bulldog um, that is like super duper cute, too. Um, and they just talk a little bit about what it means to be in their family and how amazing they are and how much fun they're having and uh, how this is amazing for them. Um, But the representation of two men living together and having this family, this family that doesn't look like a typical family because there are no kids. There's, you know, none of that. uh, Oh God, what is the word that I'm looking for? It's a particular family, uh, nuclear, nuclear family. There Mm -hmm. you go. Um, how you know it doesn't necessarily look like that but they're still a family nonetheless you know i've told you all the time like i want to do christmas cards with you me halo and diesel Mm -hmm. like because you know that is our family yeah Uh, at the end of the day these are our boys and you know we care about them we just had to go take halo to go get his shots and like that was a huge thing for us you know um so yeah those i just i loved this article again it's on uh gayswithkids.com 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a really good one, and it's super cute. I love the illustrations. And I and again, I just want to plug this website a little bit because here you have now a children's story uh, about gay families, right? And the article right below that one is about a couple who made new nursery rhymes for kids with gay dads. Like, there's just, I love this normalizing, this adding to, you know, that's the whole point of our podcast um, is to, like, just continue to add to the narrative and, you know, let it be known that these things um, exist. And so I really appreciate uh, what these folks with um, uh, at Gays for Ki- Gays with Kids are doing. I think it's just a wonderful platform. I think it's a lot of good information. And I would suggest that um, you go and just browse around, just toodle around the website a little bit because it's really just, it's very quick access, digestible stories that are um, really inspiring. Very inspiring. And like I said, I um it, it's it's nothing it's not like an msnbc article it's not something that you're going to find in psychology today like it's not on bustle or talk space or anything of that sort but it's just this really heartwarming community of gays with uh similar stories uh talking about what it is that they have going on inside of their own safety net which is their gay family and then what they do to try to normalize it a little bit mm-hmm why do you think gays are so uh, iffy about the whole children thing? Or do you think gays are typically iffy about it? I think that there has been a, a long tradition of n- not having equality. And so you like start with the basic shame of just by virtue of being gay, you're not as good as someone who's straight, right? Um, and then add on top of that this idea that, okay, you can have this sinful life, but it's going to be quiet and relegated and... You know, you can't display things in public. So, of course, you can't build a family. And then you have the systems and their isms that have been built in, you know, so you actually weren't allowed to adopt. And, you know, the only way you could foster is if you pretended that you were single. Like, and although that has been going away, it's not gone from the systems completely at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, you know, there's still a lot of limitations to, to rights and things like that. Um, but we are making headway in that. So, to to have a system not be changed, you don't have generations worth of mores that say like it is normal to be have a gay family. So because of that, like it's still new. You know, it's not a normal value yet. Um, and so you know, p- advocacy has to exist. Places that publicize and market and show that it's there have to exist. Right? There's money out there uh, to um, help people who are gay to adopt. Like I mean, it it you know, it's a becoming thing. Um, and it does exist, but it's, I don't think, anywhere near the norm yet. Well, and also, if you put in into addition, uh, in addition to that, uh, all too often, gay people were associated with pedophilia. Right. And I think the stigma of gay men being together with a child for whatever reason has created this, like, really weird psychological scenario in our brain that, like, maybe we're not good enough to have children mm-hmm. because maybe that does exist in us in some capacity and we don't know or uh, we don't want people to think anything or we don't want to deal with any of it. But I say fuck it to all of them <laughs> um, because, you know, I... Uh, I know that I would be a fantastic father and I know that you and I would be a fantastic team. Mm-hmm. And I know that we would raise some fucking badass children. They'd be pretty cool. That would be so cool. Um, and uh, I don't really care what the world has to think about it. And I know that we will raise children that won't care either. They will do what they are meant to do in this world and we will do nothing but encourage them to do so. And that is all that we can do. Um, 
That's all any parent can do. That's all we, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all that we need to do. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, all of the naysayers out there could suck a toe. <laughs> um, because <laughs> A dirty, smelly toe? A dirty, smelly toe. Uh, one with athlete's foot. Ooh! Um, <laughs> just wanted to put that visualization in all you guys have said. It definitely went into mine. Yeah, there you go. Um, but no, I think that we will be great. And I'm excited. I look forward to it. At some point, this podcast will be about the Cretellis and their children. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue that journey. And we can't wait to bring you guys along with us. I know my brother and sister have been like, uh, we're ready for y'all to fight. <laughs> Bring on the children. My brother is like so ready to be an uncle. I bet he is. He's so ready. He's said to me numerous times, he's like, I'm ready. He's like, I see the love that you have for Jade, our niece. He's like, I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to have that same love for my niece or mm-hmm. nephew and things like that. He's like, I just want that too. I just think it's going to be super exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I think it's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, we're going to end it right there. Let's take, well, we'll end this segment right there, I mean, but let's take a short break and we'll be back. We've got a pretty fun interview with you guys that's just going to double down on the idea of having children as gays. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey there, listeners. Here's a little secret. My favorite part of the podcast is the hashtag gay relationship goal segment. Honestly, I love having the ability to highlight queer couples and bringing healthy, loving, and oftentimes adorable relationships to the forefront, giving the LGBTQ community the opportunity to focus on this narrative. So if you know of, are in, follow, or are a fan of a great relationship that you want to share with us, send us an email, relationshipquestions at gmail.com, or tag us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pod Relationship. Let's get back to the show, but thank you for your help. We love you all. All right, so I am very excited about this interview. I've actually been looking forward to it ever since its inception. Um, with us right now, we have a good friend of ours, one of the first people I actually met when I had moved to New York City, um, and that's Fonz Reyes right now sitting with us. Welcome, Fonz. Thank you. Hi. So happy that you could join here. I'm glad. Join us here. I'm glad I can join too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that's actually a super true story. When I first moved to New York City, um, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend connected. Like we ended up connecting at a pride party. Do you remember this? It was like a pride party through a mutual friend, and uh, we went to like a nightclub out because it was like an after party. And then we were introduced, and you and I were like, "Where the hell? What is with all these?" Yeah, yeah. And you were like, "What is all these people? I'm gonna need to drink." And so you and I just spent (laughs) the rest of the time drinking the rest of the night. But you were like one of the first people that I like met when I moved to New York City, and that was almost six years ago. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's been a crazy right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a really long time ago. And then, um, I mean, life has changed in six years, right? Yes, a lot, a lot. <laughs> life has changed a ton, but I'm so glad that you're here. Um, we have so much to talk about. 
Um, so one of the reasons why we brought Fonz here is he is one of, I guess, the only par- gay parents that we know, mm-hmm. right? One yeah. of the only people that we know in the LGBT community that has a child and an adorable child at that. I'm so, very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your son and... All this, and you guys, I don't know if you can hear in the background right now, but he is... Christopher's living his best life. That's, that's my kid. <laughs> <laughs> he is playing on his iPad, and life is just so good for him right now. And he's six years old. Six years old. Yeah. Um, so Christopher's six. Um, me and my husband, we adopted him uh, in 2017. We had him for a year as a foster child before. Um, so we got him when he was like three and a half. Um, Christopher is a special needs child. He's on the autism spectrum, okay. um, high functioning. Um, Christopher is my world. Um, some days I, I'm just amazed at like, wow, this is my kid. Like, hmm. cause he has just picked up on a lot of my habits, um, which is weird. Um, <laughs> but he's also, I also am amazed cause the as the years go by he just develops into his own person like he wants to be an astronaut he wants to be an artist he wants to be a computer computer technologist i think he recently told me too okay so it's like you know he's six years old and it's like this is this little guy is his own little person and it's just it's amazing you want to know what I wanted to be when I was six years old? A clown. A clown. Oh, wow. <laughs> a clown. That's, my mom and dad laugh about that and all And you the have time. achieved your dream, my I'm friend. Sure. <laughs> I'm married into the circus. Uh, <laughs> oh, good comeback. Very good. Um, yeah, I wanted to be a clown. So at six years old, wanting to be an astronaut and a computer technologist. Yeah, yeah. I don't even, I'm 34 and I don't even know what those things are. So good for him. I He's love so it. I um I didn't know that he was on the spectrum. Yes, which he's, is, he's so. I, not that there's any like significant difference between, but th- there's such a um I don't know how to word this. Well, it's a wide spec that that mm-hmm. spectrum yeah. is very wide. So. Yeah, he's just very. I get you said high functioning, which is great. So you know, there's he, he's just such a great kid, just bright and just really really great, and I love it. You are literally living the life that Tony and I want to do. We literally... Well, any weekend that you want to live my <laughs> life, you let me know. We will gladly take <laughs> we'll babysit. We will we'll absolutely babysit. We have said that for us, we wanted to foster and then later adopt. And for us, our dream is to um, adopt a special needs child. That mm-hmm. is like literally our goal. Because we, I think the two of us have so much love and attention that we would love to give a child in need. Have you start, looked into fostering? So like the process. I, yeah, so I, I worked with the foster system in another state. Um, I actually worked both sides of it, the, the child protection side and the and the court side, um, and the social services for unification. So, I mean, I, I have an understanding of the, the process. I don't know what the rules are in New York as far as, like, in some states, it's literally take a couple of classes, pass a couple of background checks, and, and have your space meet the minimum square footage, and you're kind of good to go, you know? Um, and then you just sort of establish... Uh, what you will and won't do. But I, I actually, rather than going into what I assume I know, I yeah, wanted to actually hear about your experience. Tell our, especially for our listeners, like to understand like the process, the cost, um, you know, uh, that would be really great. So um, me and Melvin have wanted to adopt since we had got together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Christopher is actually our second foster child. We had a foster child before him, a newborn named Summer, as a girl. We had her for four months. Um, the thing with fostering is that I would say that I would that would be a cautionary to anybody that's going in, into fostering is that um, you're, you're going to naturally get attached to the child, yeah. but it's kind of like you have to mentally prepare yourself that that child might go back because um, depending on the situation, it's always case by case. The child might go back with the parent, or might go back, or might go back into to the system completely to another different foster home or situation. Hmm. Um, or another person identified by the, the parent. The fa- yeah, right? right, by the family. Yeah. Um, as far as the process with New York, um, it's a pretty equal process. Um, they really too much don't discriminate as far as sexual orientation, okay. at least the um, agencies that we've been with. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of cut and dry, like you said. Um, you know, check out your space, you fill out some paperwork. Um, they, they, um, that's pretty much it, come to think of it. And then don't you have to have, like, a minimum, like, a few hours a year of training? Or oh, yeah, yeah, that? yeah. That's the part that I forgot. Yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. do um, training. Right. And you do training every, as long as you're in a foster parent, you do it, like, every year. Yeah. A recert- recertification training. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. And then they place a child with you. Um, you kind of have the um, freedom for the parameters of the type of child you want. Mm-hmm. So if you want a special needs, they'll ask you that. Um, and they'll go into more depth about, like, um, what type of special needs, if you want a group of kids. Um, so you kind of make that decision and make that call. And then when the child becomes available for placement, they'll just call you and say, hey, we have this child available for placement. Can you take this child? And it usually it happens, like, snap of a finger in a separate second. Well, because, yeah, isn't it? It's, you're still part of the emergency placement system, so you could even get a call at 2 in the morning. Morning, yeah. 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 So, like, when we got summer, I remember we were. I was at work and Melvin was at home. And he was like, oh, we got a baby coming. I told them that we'll take a baby. And I was like, oh, we will? <laughs> um, we'll take a baby. Good to know. <laughs> and um, so I had came home, and there was this little baby girl. And she was cute, um, very cute. Um, she had, um, they had just taken her, like, from the hospital for my mom because of issues. But um, I remember her. She cried a lot. Mm. Um, so we had to hold her a lot. Um, she slept with us in the bed a lot. And um, we had her for four months, but she, um, she ended up going back to her birth father. Okay. Um, but within that four months, we got her. We went from sleeping for 30 minutes to sleeping, having sleep for five hours with us. Because wow. I, I kind of, we both kind of asked family members, like, okay, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And figured it out, like, all right. A bath, bottle, and a new diaper and bedtime. Mm-hmm. So that was that. And then we kind of like took uh, time off after um, summer went back. Because then you need to sleep. You, you need to sleep. <laughs> you need to distress from, you know, just um, the emotion, the emotion of yeah. giving this, this child back yeah. and wondering, okay, well, what's going to happen in this child's life now? Um, that's something that one of my close friends in Atlanta, he's doing the same thing. He's in the, in the midst of, um, of, um, fostering. he's adopting in the process of adopting his foster child, but he's had, I think four placements now. Mm. So him and his boyfriend, it's been like the emotional, it's the emotional roller coaster. And I think that a lot of times with fostering, that's what they don't tell you that 
you know, you just have to prepare yourself mentally for the um, emotions. But um, we took, like, I think me and Melvin took, I want to say six months off, maybe. And then we went back into it. We were actually about to be like, take our name off the list. And they called us and they said, well, we got an option for a, a child that's three years old and that um, most likely is going to be tpr um, which means that he'll be ready to be adopted at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. And he um, has special needs. Or they gave us an option of, I think it was like four boys, and they, and it was something going on with their past. And I was like, we're taking that one child. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not no we're not doing no four boys. We're not ready for that. You surprised me with that baby. Now you do, do it. Yeah. You surprised me with yeah. a couple of boys. Exactly. So... Um, we met him. We went to the agency and met him. Um, met his current, his foster mom at the time. Because the thing was that they knew that he was going to be um, a, up for adoption. Mm-hmm. And the foster mom was an older Dominican lady. And she said she didn't want to. She was offered to, to adopt him. But she said she didn't want to do it because she was up in age. And she said somebody younger should um, adopt him. Um, so we met her. And we forged a relationship with her um, throughout the whole time we fostered him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we met him, and Fell in love. that was, yeah, that was it. Like, that was our kid. So um, he came home, I think, like, the first day he came home when he was with me. I was like, so what do you want to call me? He was like, Daddy. And from there, like, um, I've been Daddy, mm. like, from that day on. Mm. And what's crazy is everybody always says, he looks just like you. His own mother was like, yeah, he looks like you. And I was like, well, you know that situation. (laughs) So, so, I don't don't know. Is his biological mother still involved? um, Sort of, kind of. We had an issue Mm -hmm. where um, it's still an open adoption where she can wherever she wants to come see him but there was an issue which I would not speak on on okay. here mm-hmm. but um, she's kind of s- s- pulled back a bit okay. and it's kind of that's for me that's kind of normal for her she'll pop up and see him like once a year and his biological father will pop up and see him maybe like once every two years Okay, they kind of stay out of the picture mm. but um, I leave that door open that's great. Um, because he should know who his his biological people are. But um, yeah, that's that's been the situation. That's amazing, mm. and that's very mature and very I think just helpful for him. I mean, it's like Tony and I always joke about like you know, realistically, we know any baby that comes into our home, like there's no way you came from either one of us. <laughs> like, it's just not possible. So it would be super helpful for you to know where you did come from, and we hope that that person uh is in your life hopefully fingers crossed in a positive way right um but you know sometimes it doesn't always work out that way so that's yeah. good and i think as um i think as like with as far as like within the gay community that like that's the way for me i feel like that's the way to go to this route towards parenting like a lot of people i, I know like now it's popular for people to want to do um like surrogacy, surrogacy mm-hmm. and um, adopt overseas, but there's so many kids right here in America right here. that right need here. homes, mm-hmm. and a lot of black and brown kids that yeah. need homes. So I tell Tony all the time, I want him, I want for us to have 
a little black girl. <laughs> I need him to have a little black girl so he can understand the woes of doing black girl hair. <laughs> it's real. I need, <laughs> I need him to have a girl so that he can understand that he can't be playing football with a girl. <laughs> like, you gotta be... She's still, for Barbie. She, she's yeah. still gonna climb trees. I need him. I need him to be ready to have tea parties and doing all that stuff. And he's learning. I think again with our niece, he's learning all of the like. Oh, we have to sing the greatest showman, like, and not watch, you know, Cartoon Network. You know, like, which is a little bit different. And he's he's learning, but his family only produces boys, and so for him, it's always you know. The play fight. Yeah, I think we produced one girl. Yeah, one. See, it was and the, the rest are married in. It was the opposite for my family because my sister that has kids that were the only grandkids mm-hmm. were all nieces. So I was like, um, we need some testosterone in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, I hear that. And it's and um, in my family, my brother and I are the only boys on my mom's side. Um, and then on my dad's side, there's like a mix of it's boys a good and mix, girls, yeah. which is really good. But um, I grew up with my brother for, we were together for 10 years. And then all of a sudden, this little girl pops up. And my brother is like, I want nothing to do with that. That is a female. I don't get it. And me, I was like, oh, we can finally play Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> we can have all this fun and play dress up and paint your nails and do all that fun stuff. So I got to live my best life with all of that. And she is still one of the closest people in my entire life. Um, and my brother is still very close to me, too. And now the three of us are all close together. But um, Tony doesn't know that. Tony doesn't know the, like... All boys. You got to be gentle. Not And look, I'm not going to be, like, sexist and say that women can't be, you know, rough, rough and tumbly tough. and all mm-hmm. that stuff like that. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that, like, it's not... I don't know. It's not their default. And, like, you have to, like, let them tell you (laughs) that they want to do that as opposed to, like, default. I remember Tony's little brother. That little boy wanted to fight and and wrestle and and do all that stuff. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't even go over there. I don't don't think I'm ready. (laughs) But uh, and that's how his that's how his family is. But it's fun. I love it. So I think you hit on um, some really interesting points uh, that they don't talk about when it comes to fostering, right? So like having a a network, right? So you have the agency that you worked with. You have the woman who was fostering your son. You know, there are other support groups uh, that exist. But I do think that there's like a special difficulty that comes with it. And Marco and I have gone back and forth. I think we're on the same page now. But at first you wanted biological children. Um, and I wanted um, to adopt. Well, I've um, always wanted to adopt. I just wanted biological children in first, some capacity. Because yeah. I'm like, I want my goal in life, and this is going to sound really mushy, so try not to vomit. But um, I've always wanted to like see my husband and a child. Like I've always just wanted to see his like That's beautiful. traits and his personality and like this little mini version of him. I've just always wanted to see that. Well, and I think you brought up a point a moment ago that speaks to that. You said he that Christopher is acting like you. He's got some of your mannerisms. Yeah, yeah I mean, he even like, he acted like Melvin even before Melvin passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Melvin, they would sit there and because Christopher is um, 100% Puerto Rican mm-hmm. and Melvin was Dominican. And they would talk that Spanish to each other. And I'd be like, what y'all talking about? And they would have their own special language and talk. Um, Oh, that's so cute. He would sit in bed with Melvin. And his nickname for 
Melvin's nickname for him was Kiki. He would call him Kiki all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's funny when that Drake song came out, he would like <laughs> he, he loved it. But um, that was his. He'd be like Kiki, come here, da, 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 and start speaking in Spanish. And so like they would, he would act like him sometimes when he was with him. And it's funny because he would turn the, the Spanish his Spanish lingua on real quick. And then when he's with me, he's like t- acting like me. So mm-hmm. it's. A kid will pick up on, they'll pick your, they'll pick up on some of your traits. Who you are, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll just, you know, that's that's just what they do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's just, it was just funny. It's beautiful. I, I love it. it. He's and like I said, he's such a cute little kid, and he he I, he I could see you in him too. He's but he's such a good kid. And yeah, so nice. and at, and the network is another important thing. Like we, it was. For a lot, a long time, it was just me and Melvin, mm-hmm. um, and we still, I still have that network with some of his family members, even after he passed. Specifically, his cousin Olga, mm-hmm. so I can depend on her, and it's like an extension of like his memory, oh, I love it. because she, um, she's like him, and you know he loves going to Olga's house, and um, she only speaks Spanish. She's been in. New York for probably 30 years but she's <laughs> like I'm not speaking English I'm speaking Spanish it is what it is so good for her good I love a bilingual child right you should but he'll but don't get it twisted he'll try to play you like oh I don't know how to speak Spanish I'm like <laughs> what's how, how you say garbage in Spanish and he'll tell me and I'm like okay. basura <laughs> <laughs> I love so but That's yeah so good yeah cause um you your family is in Michigan right um, Milwaukee, it, Milwaukee, okay. and my sister with the nieces are in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, yeah. So your your immediate family is not here, Mm-mm. and then your husband passed, and so you're kind of going it alone. I am a, a single bit. parent. Yeah, for real. That is how. Tell us how's that. Um, it's an adjustment, huh? It's definitely adjustment. Um. It's an adjustment because you don't expect... It was unexpected. Yeah. And you kind of have to navigate. So now I have to navigate by his schedule. So, like, the whole me going back to school, um, trying to continue my education, everything has to be... It works with Christopher's schedule. I like it. And um, even, like, when when I take time out, like, it has to... Everything has to... It has to be on his time. But... I like it because it gives me accountability. Um, mm. And when I want time away, like, I have people like Olga, pretty much like Olga, to be like, all right, can you watch him for me? And she'll be like, yeah, because she understands the struggle of single mm. parenthood. And she'll watch him. And it, it kind of it's kind of connected me to my little sister because my little sister has three girls, and she's in Texas. Mm. And she moved to Texas, I think, like three years ago by herself with no no immediate family there. So it connected us, like, okay, I'm a single parent now. What do I do? Like, when I'm panic, when I have, sometimes I have a panic attack, like, what do I do? And she'd be like, relax, you know, just da da And um, it's hard, I'm not going to lie, it's hard sometimes, but you just, you wake up every day and you just push through it, like, all right. We're going to get through this day. 
Well, just so you know, you never have to have panic attacks because you also have Uncle Marco and Uncle Tony that will gladly help out. Anytime. We love kids. Anytime. Um, and we will gladly be there for you and help out whenever we can. But it's just, it's I don't know, it's weird too because it's like, I've like tried to start dating again. Okay. And I don't know, like, I guess... It's not. It's it's something. One of those things that it's not common for gay guys to be dads. So no. when you tell somebody like, "Yeah, um, I can't just meet you there because I got a whole situation. Like, this has to be planned out. Yeah, weeks in advance. Right. And they're like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I got a kid. Like, it's it's not like when I moved here eight years, uh, ten years ago, where I could just be like, "All right, let's go. Right. But so it's yeah, it's one of those things. It's different. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm sure that's got to be, it's got to be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. It's not common in the gay community. I feel like in the straight community, right? You can be like, oh, well, I have kids, and you know, the person would be like, oh, not a problem. Like, just let me know. But in the gay community, they'd be like, what do you mean you have? Yeah. A what child? Do you mean? <laughs> I have one guy that that I was talking to, and he was like, um, well, I'm not trying to be a dad. I was like, well, I didn't ask you to be a dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you okay. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> love that. I'd ask you to be nobody daddy. Oh. Yeah, it's gotta be so unique. I mean, it's like you said, like, divorce, widow, in the straight community, you know, not entirely uncommon, but yeah, in the gay community, I mean, we are terrible judges of each other to begin with, and we find all kinds of ways to segregate or say no to each other or just, like, not connect, and mm-hmm. that's gotta be another great obstacle. You know, I think the beauty in that, though, is that that means that the right person will be the completely right person. Right. And at least you'll get to hear that pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. You know? Are you, this might be a personal question, but are you dating, like, are you using, like, dating apps and things like that to, to make it So, yeah, um, this is new. Okay. Because. You didn't, when you met, met Melvin, Melvin. that was. It didn't exist. Yeah. Like, when Tony Nine years ago. It. Yeah. We just did it old school style. I met you in the club. Hey, what's up? Yeah. And now, yeah, it's um, been apps. Um, the best app that I've found was, um, I think it's called The League. Okay. Because I feel like it's a little bit more quality there. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, they always say, because uh, don't you have to pay for The League? Yeah. Yeah, they always say that the best one, the best dating sites are the ones that you have to pay for because people are a little bit more serious Serious, on those, yeah. As mm. opposed to the ones that are like, just download the app and get on there mm-hmm. because it's like yeah. anybody could just do that. Right. So, um, it's been a little bit more, like you said, serious, but, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just been a challenge of like going out on a date. Cause like a lot of people that I've met, they like want to do the house date, Netflix and chill. And it's like, dude, I already know where that, where we going with that. <laughs> and I mean, that's fine every once in a while. Yeah. I'm not even going to sit here and lie, right. but I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, because your priorities are a little bit different right now, right? Yeah. You're not all willy-nilly, uh, you know, like, doing that, like, loose and, like, out there. Like, you got a whole situation, and, exactly. And, you know, a, a schooling, and, you know, you've got all this stuff going on, so it's like, yeah, that sounds good in theory, but realistically, like, I got to wake up in the morning. Yeah, and yeah I got to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Cook breakfast for my son, <laughs> like, so we can be Netflix and chilling, like, past... <laughs> 10 o'clock. <laughs> 8 o'clock, right? Like, this is not going to be a thing. Um, Fonz, we have so much more to talk about, and I would love it if we could bring you back next week so that we could 
kind of dive a little bit more into that because I'm, I'm actually super fascinated by this whole dating scenario while having a kid because this is this is some good stuff um thank you so much for being here today with us and talking to us if uh, is there anywhere our listeners can follow you or track you and all of your goings on you can track me on the gram or instagram okay. at fonz p-h-o-n-z n-y-c um also my website fonz news.com because i am a freelance journalist and yeah that's about it i love it awesome thank you again for being here thank uh, you we appreciate yeah, you taking you. time out of you and christopher's i'm sure busy schedule um and we're looking forward to talking to you again next week no problem awesome we're going to take a quick break but we'll be back in just a bit Hey folks, it's your favorite host, Tony. And Marco. We need to ask a favor. Please stop what you're doing this very moment and head to your favorite podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast and your reviews are the best ways to make that happen. So if you have two minutes, please go and give us a five-star rating. Then... Write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, you know, in case you get writer's block. (laughs) Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationships better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Thanks. And now it's time for our listener situation. That's right. Send your relationship situations or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance because booty so round, booty so soft, make you want to smack it again. Hey, let me demonstrate. Hit it one time, make it levitate. Titties out like blackout. Broke bitches, watch out now. Yo pussy basura. My pussy horchata. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to admit, but I actually like that song. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And the video is even better. It's ridiculous. I love it so much. It's ridiculous. I knew that was going to make you laugh. It did. I knew that was <laughs> and now back to this. <laughs> good day, gents. My name is Gabe, and my husband Frank and I just got married. Congratulations. We both love your podcast and have found ourselves in a very similar situation to the one you two were in. They meant situation. We thought for sure that we wanted children, but now that the reality of that future is within sight, we are hesitating. We love that we can afford to travel to a new country twice every year. We take impromptu long weekends and go out to dinner with friends until late at night at least once every week. And we aren't sure that we want to give that up. How did you two finally reach a decision? I don't think we've yet to reach a decision, to be completely honest. I mean, I think that we're committed to the idea of having children, but I don't know that we're, like, married to the idea of not, of having children. Like, ha, ha, ha. If that, I mean, like, I just don't think that we are. Like, I think that it sounds amazing, and it's something that we do want to do, um, but, and I think we're making plans to do it, but I think our lives change every single day. Like, we're we're moving towards that but who knows what life is going to bring in the next year like by the end of this year we could be like yeah no (laughs) you know it is interesting because you and i were so sure for so long 
and it was and it was so strange i don't even know how we started talking about it i know that i probably was hesitant because we were so sure um but you I and think, I, I know i was the one that brought it up I, i'm sure um i know that you and i have you know we do this little game right where we sleep in real late and we're like mm, not a kid day Mm-hmm. And then I texted you the other day and I saw a child eating ice cream and I was like, yeah, baby day. Like, my ovaries. <laughs> Your ovaries indeed. <laughs> my ovaries indeed. Um, it, you know, and so we, we do. We go, we still go back and forth. Now, you and I, like you said, we're on a trajectory. Like, we're only renewing the lease one more time, like we said earlier. And, you know, uh, the idea is to get a two-bedroom after that and to, you know, start working on that with kids. Um you know, but uh, it is hard. I mean, for you guys, it sounds like you have this richness. And my question would be, is that worth more than children? And my other question would be, it sounds like you have some affluency. Like, is does having children mean you can't still have those things? Because it doesn't sound like it. If you can afford to go out of the country twice a year with kids, you can probably afford to do it once a year. If you can afford to go out to a late night dinner with your friends every week, you can probably afford a babysitter one of those nights and just find a standing babysitter and make it every Thursday. Maybe it's not impromptu long weekends, but maybe it's planned. You know, like it sounds like you guys could figure out how to make it work. The question I think you have to ask yourselves is, do, do you, you want, want to? to? Yeah, I think. Jinx. <laughs> I know. Um, I think that at the end of the day, you don't have to put yourself under any kind of pressure. I think that all too often, like I remember you and I got married and then the next day we ended up having our reception and then we did the mother son dance at our wedding. And the first thing that my mom said to me when she came up to me was, so are you and Tony going to have children? And she meant no offense or anything rude about that. But I remember being in that moment thinking to myself, my God, we haven't even gotten past the reception like we're still in wedding weekend right now and everyone is pressuring us or questioning or wondering whether or not we're even gonna have children and I remember that just feeling gross like I remember just not feeling okay with that and I think that the pressure that we have especially as gay men was um you know I feel like there's a ton of pressure around the idea of getting married Mm -hmm. and then I think that once you get married the next amount of pressure is the idea of having children and I think that we're programmed to believe that we should be having children because that's what you do right you get married you have children you like create the next generation of assholes that are going to take over the world (laughs) like I think that that's just what we very poetic and lovely the way you put it that's just the way life is um so I think that that's what (laughs) constantly breeding small assholes small assholes that's it (laughs) so I think that we are just in a really bad habit of thinking that way And we need to stop doing that to ourselves. Like, we need to just live in the moment and live with what we have and, like, be okay with that. And then actually take a full look at our lives and see if a lack of a child will fix it. Or if a lack of a child does it matter <laughs> like right uh, like you know and and uh, so i would i would venture to say don't pressure yourself again i think that you know deprogram yourself and thinking that like having a child is going to fix everything and then go about your life figuring out whether or not if if you if having a child is literally the next stage of things that you need to make happen 
And if it is, then wonderful. If it's not, then wonderful. Like you could be the cool couple that just travels all the time and is able to hang out with their friends. Or you could be the cool couple that has a kids and end up making all new gay friends that have kids and have a whole new life that looks like that. Like you can be okay with those stages in life as well. But don't feel bad in one way or the other. Like don't don't feel badly about it. Very sound advice. I think that um, I think it's wonderful that you guys want to have kids and in whatever way that you end up having kids, then more power to you. Congratulations. Like that is a really wonderful and beautiful undertaking. And I think that it, it, it it's going to be great. But like, don't put yourself under any pressure to do anything one way or the other. And I think that once you and I came to the idea that like, oh, like we need to decide that we're going to have kids for us right and what we want to do with our lives and what our lives want to look like in the future that's when we stopped feeling the pressure or like feeling it necessary to do it and and started deciding what our future was going to look like from there and it felt it was liberating yeah and now we don't care I think the other thing that we always thought about, too, when it was because we live very far away from all of our family, like your you know, father lives down south. My mother and father live down south. My brother lives on the West Coast. My sister lives like an hour flight away. <laughs> yeah. Like so like everyone was far away. And we were like, are we going to be able to like have children and make this make sense? Like what's going to happen with child care and work schedules and all of this stuff like that? And and. I think at the end of the day, we'll figure it out. But I, I'm not trying to make this about us. I will say that there's a way to make everything happen. One of the coolest couples that we know, Rada and G, have like a baby. And they are still out having a good time, living life, loving life, doing what they want, having a good time with it, being a part of everything and anything. And it's like fantastic. And they do great. And the child is in no way, shape or form missing out on any time with her parents. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to do it. There are. There are. And again, I think the question just becomes, is that what you really want? Yeah. And it really can be as simple as that question. It really can. Like, yeah. you'll figure everything else out. Like, like I said, there's this scenario where you're still going out of the country. You know, it's just maybe one less time per year because instead of going to Switzerland, you have to go to Disney. Like, Or your purpose. Yeah, that's yeah. So like maybe your purposes are completely different. Like maybe you're not going to Spain for the white party. Like maybe, you know, like maybe you're going to London and you're going to like see all the sites so that you could show your child Big Ben and you know the London like you're showing all kinds of like really more educational things like maybe you're not traveling to Paris and like you know having so much fun partying and clubbing and seeing Beyonce in concert maybe instead you're going to Egypt and you're showing your child the pyramids and you're like having a really good time doing that whole thing like maybe your whole travel purposes are just different yeah and you know and and that's okay too again life is what you make it 100 percent. and then there's gonna always be a time where you can drop them off at the grandparents and then you two can go have your weekend away in palm springs woohoo debauchery (laughs) (laughs) that's great i think we are going to end it right there um remember you all to tune into our igtv series relationship for our second listener situation and more relationship content we are at pod relationship on instagram and igtv and we look forward to seeing you all we're going to take a quick break um, and we'll be back in just a bit
Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us and tell all your friends. (laughs) You can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any situations or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And don't forget to check out our IGTV channel, Relationship, for a behind-the-scenes post-show conversation about this week's episode and our second listener situation. Also, you all feel free to follow us on Instagram. We are at the Critellis if you want a little bit more a behind-the-scenes look at the lives of me and Tony. Tony and I will harass your ears next week. And remember, you are the architect of your life, and you can always say, fuck that shit to anything that doesn't fit your framework. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm.